Everybody knows what a minimum wage is. The minimum wage, you know, varies by state. We have one of the highest in the nation here in Washington. Okay, that is what it is. Did you know that there is an even higher minimum wage set for certain farming jobs, agricultural positions? When folks come to the U.S. to do farm work, when they come from other countries um, on the guest worker program, yes, that one that's been you know a focus of so much controversy and it bothers people for so many different reasons that it exists. It's been a lifeline not only to folks from other countries who want to be able to come in here and and make some money that can they can take back home and and change their lives and and it's been a lifeline to farmers here who have a harder and harder time every year finding folks to to get work done, bring in the harvest, all of that. Those folks who come in here on that program um, get paid a higher minimum wage. Uh, for for lack of a better, I mean, it has a technical term and all of that. How is that set though? And there's been some questions. That number keeps going higher and higher and higher, outpacing the growth of the regular minimum wage, outgrowing, outpacing the growth in in uh, the consumer price index or inflation or cost of living. So what's going on there? And how is it that the government keeps jacking that up? Well, there's been uh, more discovered and more uncovered on, on how the process actually works and apparently some moves to try to make that right and make it make more sense. Makes sense, right? To make things fair, not only for the folks working, but for the folks employing them and producing food here in Washington State. Welcome to the Farming Show here on KGMI. I'm Dylan Honkoop here this morning, along with uh, the director of WAFLA, farm labor organization based here in Washington State. Works uh, on a variety of issues, including uh, working with uh, a lot of farms and farm workers to kind of connect the two as a matchmaker to, to make lots of jobs happen here in the state. Dan Fazio, welcome to the program and explain what, what this adverse effect wage rate that's that's the technical term for what i've been kind of summing up as a higher minimum wage for these folks in the guest worker program sure what, what, what's the problem been just there there's been a legal decision and i want to get into kind of the latest uh, what we heard uh, late this week on this but first as far as background what is this awer thing the adverse effect wage rate and and what's the problem been Sure, Dylan. Uh, great to be here. Windy, sunny, and cool down here in my side of the state. I'm in the state's capital or just south of it, and uh, thank you for having me, uh, Dylan. First, before before we even get into that, it seems like kind of a simple proposition. We've got um, great farms up here in America that want to grow great uh, food and fiber for uh, our, our nation, but we don't have enough workers. Uh, we have just to the south of us a country of 130 million, roughly the uh, size of the U.S. Uh, uh, west of the Mississippi. Mm -hmm. That is a relatively poor nation, Mexico, where um, there's lots of great workers that want to come up here and uh, and work and help us to keep our uh, food and fiber onshore instead of uh, instead of moved moved offshore, and in the process uh, earn generational changing income for themselves. So really, kind of you know, kind of on a on a 
basic level is a match made in heaven. Well-regulated program um, where workers get paid a lot of money and, and they're very, very well taken care of, occupational safety and health, um, et cetera. And one of those components is the government makes uh, farmers guarantee a higher wage to farmers who use this program to so that they can be sure assured that it doesn't adversely affect the wages and working conditions of U.S. workers. Hmm. The yeah yeah, and I I, I hear you, you hear you rolling your eyes um, through the. Uh, through the phone line, uh, well, Dylan. Well, if, if anything, it's it, it's increasing. Just the existence of these workers is allowing more farming to continue here, and is is making the existence of more jobs even possible. So, but anyway, yes, I, I digress. Right. So the uh, minimum wage in Washington State currently thirteen fifty. The adverse effect wage rate, which is the minimum that the federal government has set for farmers who want to use the legal worker H-2A program, is $15.83 an hour, uh, over 15% higher. And that is, um, that is before you get into even the transportation, the housing, all those other uh, extra benefits that push the effective wage for that worker up to uh, $20 an hour or more. Um, so the the government has you know rightly stated that um, they don't know that this adverse uh, that this higher wage is necessary, um, given that there's such a dearth of U.S. workers who want these jobs. And wouldn't it be better to have an even playing field between the farmer that's doing the right thing, providing housing, uh, getting a visa for the workers, sending the workers home when they're in at the end of the season, and the farmer across the street who is just using the local workforce, which um, we all know is you know um, got some issues with legal authorization, and those those issues are going to be compounded in the next in the coming years as as yeah. Mexico s- slips into a recession. But anyway. Um, what we'd like to say is, and I think the Department of Labor, and we've been talking to the Federal Department of Labor, is that there should be an even playing field. So that if the minimum wage in Washington State is thirteen fifty an hour for farmers who don't use the legal worker program, the minimum wage should be thirteen fifty for farmers who do use uh, the uh, legal worker program, uh, the H two A legal worker program, and then um, provide housing and transportation and visas well, and all the other things along with it. Isn't the isn't it the reality also? That as we're talking, I and mean, we're talking about minimum wages. Well, we know on a lot of farms, whether it's an H two A farm using this guest worker H two A guest worker program or not, a lot of these folks working on the farms are making significantly more than minimum wage due to different incentives, due to you know piece rate where they can just you know if they if they want to work fast, they can make a lot of money, um, and and great for them. Um, so this is not, I mean, the numbers that we're talking about here isn't just like the cap. This is what people are making. This is the, the, the bottom, (laughs) you know, it can't go any lower. It doesn't mean it's not a lot higher for some folks. Sure. There's a dynamic market and, you know, there's, uh, commissions and piece rates and all these other, uh, bonuses that any industry is going to use to attract workers. Um, and so, Absolutely. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of people that question, you know, government mandated minimum wages, et cetera, and, you know, and, and whether uh, we're 
you know, um, wherever, wherever you're, wherever you're located, um, there's always a minimum wage and then there's the market. And in agriculture, the market is closer to, uh, 16, 17, 18, 19, $20 an hour for, um, for workers. And, you know, in fact, we're, you know, we're looking at farm workers are coming here from Mexico and they tell us that when they can get work in Mexico, they make $10 a day. Okay, so that's kind of where, you know, where you start from. Um, they're coming up here, and in six months, we tell them, if you don't make $25,000, okay, um, then you, we don't think that you've been successful and we've been successful. $25,000 for a lot of farm workers in Mexico is 10 years worth of income. Wow. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what, what, what we're looking at. And incredibly hardworking guys, love to have them. Um, they love the dignity of legal presence here. They have a visa. They have rights. Um, they have a contract um, that says that the farmer has to give them so many hours a week, et cetera. Getting back to the the wage, the Department of Labor um, had said, you know, we don't know that we need this extra wage, uh, this extra adverse effect wage rate to make sure that we're protecting a domestic work force a domestic workforce that really doesn't exist. And so um, they, what they were, what we think the Department of Labor was planning to do was to phase it out just by keeping that adverse effect wage rate at the rate that it was in 2020 for 2021. And you correctly stated that Washington has the highest adverse effect wage rate in the country. Each state is different based on a survey. Uh, ours is uh, the highest up here in in Washington at fifteen dollars and eighty three cents per hour, um, not including any of the other benefits uh, and not including you know any bonuses, commissions, piece rate uh, that you get. It's the the floor, and so uh, we think or thought that um, that the Department of Labor was going to phase out this. Uh, they were by just keeping it where it is and letting the wages in the various states kind of catch which, up to it. Which would would bring some more um, fairness, for sure, and common sense to how the whole system works, because that number has gotten out of whack every year. That adverse wage rate, that extra high minimum wage that only uh, applies to guest workers, and then also, I should note, any uh, domestic workers that happen to be working the same job at the same farm also get that extra high minimum wage, whatever we want to call it, the AWER, the adverse effect wage rate. It, it had gotten too high and a lot of people were saying this is this doesn't match what is reality uh, which caused a lot of looking into how do they even set this number in the first place there, there's a survey um that they do right to the, mm -hmm. the, the government does to try to determine what where they need to set that and there have been some questions i know particularly last year and and if i'm not mistaken a couple of legal cases a couple of lawsuits that dug into that that said hey you know how are you coming up with this number if you're surveying people, the number that you're coming up with, it doesn't even reflect the reality of what people are being paid. You are actually forcing this, this wage inflation by, by doing this, and it's putting an undue burden on farms who you know need to bring in guest workers. How, how is that going down, and, and, and what was the deal with the survey? Sure. So as we you know discussed, the, the Federal Department of Labor runs this a program called the H-2A or guest worker or legal worker program, call it what you will. And they have the responsibility to select a wage that they figure 
would be a um, a a wage that guarantees that there's no adverse effect for U.S. workers, Americans who or U- U.S. workers who want that uh, uh, those jobs. They can use any wage that they want. They can use the state minimum wage. They can use a CPI, a consumer price index uh, wage. They can, you know, they can use whatever they want. And they had selected this one surveyed wage that's done by the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the National Agricultural Statistics Service, uh, does a uh, does a survey for all um, field and livestock workers, and they do it for. Uh, primarily each state, um, but in some cases it's a two-state or three-state or four-state, you know, area. In our case, it's Washington and Oregon are combined into what's called the Pacific region. So you've got this um, this large survey that's done four times per year for all field and livestock workers. You slam all that together, whether you know the person is working in the livestock industry or the field industry or heck. Um, uh, being a pesticide handler on a uh, for a uh, uh, for a crop duster. These are example. all diverse all those- jobs that you're listing. I mean, those are all going to have a v- widely different <laughs> wage right. rates. So how, right. that, how does that even give an average? But anyway, yeah. That, so yeah, that's that, what they're using. They 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 lump them all together and do a weighted average of that. Do it four times a year, the first week of every quarter. Average that all out, and then sometime um, actually the. Uh, the week right before Thanksgiving to uh, uh, to ruin my my turkey dinner, uh, they come out with a uh, with with this recommend this this NAS um, wage, and then the Department of Labor says looks at it for a few weeks, and then uh, just before Christmas to ruin my Christmas, the Department of Labor says, okay, we're going to accept the National Agricultural Statistics Survey uh, service survey of livestock and field workers as the adverse effect wage rate uh, for anyone who wants to use the H2A program uh, next year. And they listed for all of the, uh, the 50 states. And if I haven't wow. said a mouthful now, uh, Dylan, <laughs> I don't know when I, when I ever will, but I'm hoping we can get back to let's keep producing food and fiber in America for Americans and let's create opportunities for generational changing wealth for for workers who want to come here legally the right way. I want to well, get back if, to that. If we that can, wage but- if that wage gets artificially jacked up higher than what it should be based on this, you know, if this survey isn't actually accurate and it's returning these results that are higher than it should be, suddenly th- this whole guest worker option becomes priced out for farmers who need workers. Farms have a difficult time then getting workers and surviving, continuing to produce food here. Um, and that's when, those are, those are the conditions where we're seeing lots of um, farming operations picking up uh, their steaks and and heading elsewhere, um, and we see more and more of our food produced in other countries now. And this is one of the primary reasons, time and again, that we hear behind it. Again, we're talking with Dan Fazio. We have just a, a minute or two left with him. He's with Wafla. So they they were using this survey. The survey was screwed up um, and was giving you know, false numbers that was helping jack these wages higher and higher, becoming more and more expensive for farming. 
now the you know the Fed said, okay, hold on, we're gonna put a pause in this whole survey thing. We aren't gonna do the survey, and I and like as you were saying earlier, it sounded like maybe the hope was to kind of cool this whole thing off and and restore some more common sense. Now a court has said, no, we're gonna force you to do the survey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what's happened, and you know, and to the detriment of all of us, we're gonna lose. Um, labor-intensive agriculture in this country. Um, I've seen several crops uh, go uh, go away in the 20 years that I've been working on on the issue. Um, uh, the latest one that's that's threatened to leave our state is blueberries um, in a massive, you know, in a massive way. Um, and what's happened is this farm worker advocate industry. It's an industry, uh, pure and simple. Yeah. Um, is filed a lawsuit, got a judge to put a temporary restraining order um, on the Department of Agriculture to prevent them, to tell them that they have to produce the survey. Now, I don't know if this this district court judge thinks that he can also uh, he can also order the U.S. <laughs> Department of Labor to, to select that survey, et cetera. There's a lot to be played out here, yeah. but um, it's just, you know, it's just a little bit more judicial activism. Uh, to the detriment of the agriculture industry and ultimately to the workers and the yeah. um, farmers in our yeah. country. Th- those farms can't afford to use this program to farm here anymore. Like we said, they're going to go elsewhere. Well, we don't want to get our food from elsewhere. We want food that's grown here in the U.S. We know that's the safest, most stable food supply. We, you know, ha- coming through this pandemic and, you know, all the shortages and everything, it's that really drove that point home that we want our food grown here. But even more um, importantly, to the point that these folks are concerned about, those jobs that they say they're trying to protect will actually then go away. You know, Mm -hmm. it's insane to create conditions that you say are helping the workers that are actually going to choke out the jobs that these workers are benefiting from. It does not make sense. Um, and, and again, the, the bottom line, you, you talk about the, the industrial element of this advocacy, and I, I use that term loosely. Ultimately, it's activists, radical activist labor unions that don't want this program here because they feel it stands in their way to unionize workers. And that's how they make money is taking money out of workers' paychecks. And so they've created this whole narrative that workers are being hard done by, not true, that they are not being protected. That's not true. This whole thing that we've talked about many times in this program, it's a false narrative, but they're using it to their advantage, ultimately, to try to bring more money into their organizations and into their personal paychecks. And it's unconscionable, in my opinion. Well, you hit the you hit the nail on the head. Just to uh, to underscore what you're saying, walk into your grocery store, go into the frozen blueberry section. You'll see blueberries um, grown in Mexico, packaged in Canada. When we have better blueberries here locally, you'll see yep. um, cherries. We have the largest cherry yep. crop in the in the country. You'll see frozen cherries grown in Turkey, packaged in Canada. Yep. Um, and that's that's what's going to happen to. Um, our tomatoes, green onions, blueberries, cherries—that's what's going to happen to our labor-intensive agriculture industry. Um, if we, you like your food and fiber from the United States, do something yep. about it. Get involved. 
listen to listen to this show and um, call your congressman, right? Yeah, absolutely. Dan Fazio, wish we had more time. I appreciate the update. And, and like you said, this issue is still playing out, so we'll continue to follow it here on The Farming Show on KGMI. Uh, Dan Fazio with Wafla Farm Labor Organization based here in Washington State. We appreciate it. Thank you for all that you do, Dylan.